So um, this morning, I want to carry on with what we've been looking at, and this is the whole topic of our helper. And uh, this is the fourth uh, session, fourth uh, message in the series. And last week, Cousin Stella did such a job. Didn't you just love their testimonies um, uh, about just their encounters with Holy Spirit over the years? And our theme, our key scripture is this scripture in John 14, 16. And I will ask the Father, and He will give you another helper to be with you forever. And remember, we've highlighted that Jesus actually didn't use there the word Holy Spirit, or words Holy Spirit. He actually used this word parakletos, which Sid is going to put up for you now. And it is, just has so much meaning. Yes, one word is helper, but it's also comforter, counselor, intercessor, advocate, strengthener, and standby. It's so much that we get when we get Holy Spirit. It's just phenomenal. And um, I'm not going to get into it. I'm just laying a foundation. And this week, I was really thinking about, and it really was flowing over. You know, Cousin Stella wanted to, and, and when Cousin and Stella were sharing what they wanted to share, Stella was meaning to come and particularly share how Holy Spirit helps her every day in her business. In the many ways uh, God, Holy Spirit helps her giving her creative ideas, how she, how she finds markets for her products, how she engages with the staff. Help her isn't something that she experienced in Toronto in 94. Help her is so real for Stella tomorrow morning when she's at work Gauging with staff, speaking to suppliers, speaking to customers. Helper is all over her business. You can't confine helper to just a prayer line at church. That helps you to encounter helper, but he's meant to go with you everywhere. And you can, Stella would spend hours telling you in every space helper has helped her. But I was looking at this, the, this whole concept of Holy Spirit being helper, and I was like, I started off, and this scripture is Jesus speaking. There are four places where Jesus actually tells his disciples in John 14 to 16, these two chapters, which is basically the last night before he goes to the cross. Four times he uses this word parakletos when he's talking to his disciples. And I was particularly wanting to look at how does Jesus describe Holy Spirit. What does Jesus say about Holy Spirit? Remember, we did look at baptism of the Holy Spirit. We looked at Acts, and it was amazing. And if you look in the one-to-one, actually in the appendix are all those scriptures that I looked at if you were looking at your one-to-one. But I want to follow through, and, I'm, and there were just four important areas that I, I, I felt the Lord was highlighting four ways that He helps us. This is not the only way He helps us. He's going to help you tomorrow morning when you are going to lectures, when you're sitting in lectures, when you're going to the office. Helper is all over the place. My question was, was what area of your life do you not want Helper to help you? Amen? This is such a real, down-to-earth reality. He's worth you to help you in everything. Amen? So, let's look at these four areas. Four important areas he helps us, and, and, and I'm just going to put them straight up there. Firstly, it is knowing God. Firstly, it's knowing God. And we're going to unpack the scriptures, and we, we're going to dig into this, not completely. I, I don't believe it's possible, actually, to fully grasp this. This is a lifetime of walking with Parakletos, with Holy Spirit, knowing God. You know, for me, years ago, I, I, 
I heard of people who had their personal mission statement, and I thought, that's really cool. And I, I kind of went to the Lord, and I was like, Lord, you know, can we chat about this? And it was just, it just came to me. It was, and I believe it was Holy Spirit, because it was like a spontaneous just thing. Knowing God and making Him known came to me as what God wanted me to give my life to. Knowing God and making Him known. And so this topic of knowing God is a major thing that Holy Spirit, Helper, Parakletos does. I don't believe we can know God without Holy Spirit. You could know about Him. You know, it's the same as the difference between reading a book about somebody and actually talking to them. It's just so different. Knowing Holy Spirit means you get to know God personally like, like nobody could ever write about Him. It is, there's, and remember, the, the, when, when, when you commune with Holy Spirit, you are a spirit being. There's stuff so often when I'm in prayer, when I'm praying in tongues, there's spiritual stuff that my spirit man gets. And so often I'm like, I, my head doesn't get it, and therefore I'm, I can't commune. There's just stuff I know that Holy Spirit has just, I know this to be true. And, and with time, often my head catches up and like, okay, I'm, I'm figuring this out. Knowing God is the first most important area, and we're going to look at some scriptures. The second thing is knowing His will. Knowing His will. This is such an amazing truth. Having purpose, living on purpose. I mean, books are written on purpose, etc. Folks, Holy Spirit wants, you, wants to reveal to you God's purposes for this earth. And giving yourself to the purpose of God is such fuel to the feel in the soul of so many men and women on the planet today living on purpose and folks it's devastating when you lose a sense of purpose in your life a sense of this is what I was born for this is why I'm here God has ordained me for this etc that do not lose it Sometimes I have seen, I know, and I can tell you stories of people that I knew them at a, at a time in their life where they were so fueled with a sense of godly purpose and vision and direction and stuff happened in their lives and they lost it. And to see that same person years later where they just are like aimless and pointless and quite honestly depressed, folks, it is priceless to have a sense of purpose from God in your life. It is, you know that pearl of great treasure, something you're willing to give your life for? Folks, having a sense of purpose, a sense of calling, a sense of God's will for your life is precious. Do not throw it away. Holy Spirit does that, and I want to unpack some of that. Knowing He's with us. Knowing He's with us. This is an important aspect of Holy Spirit. Remember that verse we actually looked at, looked at and I will send you another to be with you forever. Him, knowing He's with us is, it, I believe, knowing, knowing His will and then knowing He's with us is the great multiplying effect because that empowers you to give the faith in your heart that, okay, He's given me a purpose but I actually believe that we can do this, God, because you are empowering me. It is knowing that he's actually empowered you to live the purpose. And, and I don't believe, you know, so often people want to, again, choose. You know, oh, Lord, yeah, I just want to know his presence. That's all. I'm saying, why not his purpose as well? 
or people who just get a vision of purpose and they want to make it happen and they are not trusting God to empower them to actually fulfill that purpose. You know, a godly purpose, a sense of vision and direction from God should be bigger than you can do in your own strength. It should cause you to devote yourself wholeheartedly to God. Say, God, help me. I can't do this without you. If your vision is so small, you can do it in your own strength, in your own lifetime. I'm like, is your vision really from God? Amen? This is so important, knowing His will and knowing He's with us. And finally, knowing our family, knowing the people that God has called you to work with. Jesus called the disciples together. He prayed. He sought Holy Spirit at night, the Scripture says. He sought Holy Spirit, who He was to call to be His 12 disciples. He called them together, and God says, right, we're going to walk together. They didn't choose each other. Jesus chose them to, to be together. And I want to submit, you don't go to the church that is necessarily the most comfortable, you know, where you go to the church, be with the people that God has called you to be with. Amen. And I, and I wrote that down, and then I was talking to my wife, and I got, I got alliteration anointing hit me, okay? Now, the, I, I don't often do alliteration, but I, I don't know if this alliteration is going to be cool or corny. I don't know, but I enjoyed it, okay? Don't blow my bubble if you think it's corny, okay? I think it's cool. And you know the ultimate standard, you know, if you're a young person like me, is to be cool. So don't tell me I'm not cool. Us young people just want to be cool. Okay, here we go. Alliteration, head us, sit. Here we go. These four, we can say the same thing with these, this, this alliteration. Holy Spirit, what does He help us with? Helps us to know His person. Who God is as a person. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. To know His purpose. To know His presence. He's with us. And finally, to know His people. And out of all of those, I, I was like, I think I like the last one the most, for obvious reasons, okay? <laughs> His people. To know, and obviously it's the name of our church, but it's the people that God has called you to walk with. Amen? There is, and, and, and again, let's, don't choose one. You actually get to walk in all of these. Amen? You walk with the Holy Spirit, you get this is all your inheritance. Amen? It may be a season in your life where God is emphasizing one or emphasizing another, etc. I believe you need all of these to glorify God with your whole life. Amen? I want to say again, this isn't all helper helps you with. Amen? He's going to help you with that cranky supplier who's not supplying tomorrow morning, and you need the supplies, and you are like, oh my goodness, Lord, I'm going to lose my sanctification, and Holy Spirit helps you, and you don't, and you're nice to the dude who has been three, three, three weeks late in their delivery, okay? Whatever. He helps you in every area, but these are four such important areas, and I actually see this in Jesus talking about Holy Spirit. So let's, let's go on. Okay, so in the next slide, the first, the first area, I want to look at knowing God, His person. And here's the scripture, John 15, where Jesus again uses the word parakletos. One of the four times in John 14, 15, and 16 that He uses the word parakletos. He says, but when the Helper comes, He will bear witness about me. Holy Spirit bears witness about Jesus. You know, so many believers, I often ask believers, especially when, when we, we're doing a sozo and counseling people, I say, 
out of the three persons of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Father, Jesus, and Holy Spirit, who do you pray to mostly? Who do you relate to? I want to tell you, I haven't done an official survey, but I think most believers will say Jesus. And I, there is, that is so beautiful because Holy Spirit is doing His job. He came to be a witness to Jesus, to reveal Jesus. I said this to somebody the other day, and they laughed. I said, I am amazed at how Christ-centered Jesus, uh, Holy Spirit is. I am amazed at how Christ-centered Holy Spirit is. What I am amazed, I'm reading the Gospel of John. John is, was one of the closest disciples to Jesus. And I, I can fit probably on one PowerPoint screen, maybe two, everything in the Gospel of John about Holy Spirit. But there are 21 chapters about Jesus. Maybe, maybe half a chapter in that whole Gospel is about Holy Spirit. And you want to know why? Because Holy Spirit comes to be a witness about Jesus. And the, I think I found there are three, maybe four, I think four times in Scripture where the writers of Scripture refer to Holy Spirit as the Spirit of Jesus, the Spirit of the Son of God. And it was, this is the thing, there's such a unity, there, there's such a oneness between Holy Spirit and Jesus and Father that if you have a revelation of what Jesus is like, Holy Spirit has brought that revelation and it does not take away at all from what Holy Spirit's like or Father's like. And why do I say this? Let's look at the next scripture. In John 16, 14, Jesus said, He will glorify me, speaking about parakletos. He will glorify me. For He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Holy Spirit is so Christ-centered. So desiring to reveal Jesus to you and me. In John 10.30, Jesus said, I and the Father are one. He says in John so many times, guys, if you've seen the Father, you've seen me. I only do what I see the Father doing. Any action, anything you see me do, you are seeing the hands of the Father. You are seeing the heart of the Father. The Samaritan woman, what Jesus did there, how he engaged with her, crossing all those boundaries, that is Father God. Father, Jesus, Holy Spirit are one. Amen. It's important that we recognize, yes, they are different, but their heart, their passion, they are one. And I'm saying this, knowing God and His person, Holy Spirit, I don't believe there's a single thing you could know about God that we shouldn't honor and recognize that it's because of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit so is just loves working behind the scenes. And we think, wow, I got this amazing revelation of Jesus. And Holy Spirit is so happy you got that revelation of Jesus. But it was all He's doing. Amen. And He's okay that you don't even realize, wow, I got that from Holy Spirit. He lives. He will glorify me for He will take what is mine and declare it to you. Amen. It's just such a beautiful ministry of Holy Spirit is to reveal 
Father, Son, and we get to know Holy Spirit in the whole process as well. Knowing God is the greatest delight. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, what you think about God is the most important part of you. What you think about God is the most important part of you or part of your life. I'm, I'm not sure. He, he basically said, that thing, what you think about God, is so important. And that is one of the important aspects that Holy Spirit does. He's going to help you tomorrow with your lectures and your tests and etc. But helping you to know God is just priceless. Let's go on. Okay. Knowing His will and that He is with us. Firstly, it says in John 16, 13, when the Spirit of truth comes, will that you have a sense of a road a direction that you are going for God folks that's because Holy Spirit has worked in your life he's revealed it in your life amen and if you have any sense that he is with you if you know that Holy Spirit is with you that God is with you it is one of the most priceless works of Holy Spirit helper to be with you forever. Remember I said, you know that word forever is a big word. Jesus could not use the word forever if there was any gap in that time span. Forever means there's not going to be a gap that he's not with you. There may be a time that you don't sense his presence, that you aren't aware of his presence. It doesn't mean he's not with you. Because otherwise Jesus couldn't use the word forever. Forever is a time span with no break in between. Remember what it says in Psalm 139. There's nowhere that you can go to escape God's presence. I love it when I sense His presence. But I'm so delighted that He never leaves me. Is there anybody else here that says amen to that? Now, I want to just look at this, knowing His will and that He's with us. Jesus said it so clearly in the next scripture, in Matthew, um, Matthew 28. Let's go. He said it like this. Let's go. Go therefore and make disciples. Folks, Jesus speaking purpose. Many scholars believe that this was the clearest communication of the purpose of Jesus Christ. It's church in the world. Amen. There are 2,000 billion people on the planet that follow Jesus. And our mission isn't over because there are still an estimated 3 billion that don't follow Jesus. Amen. 
To make disciples, there's purpose. Folks, that's a phenomenal purpose statement if you've ever had one. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The last words that Matthew records, Jesus is saying. Folks, the last words of a person are very significant. Jesus said two things. He speaks purpose here. Go and make disciples of nations. Pregnant with purpose. It's like, God, I'll give my life that the nations would turn to follow you. We're part of a, a worldwide ministry, every nation, where we are gripped by the great commission to go to the nations that every tongue and every knee would bow and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord. But Jesus concluded this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Again, this thing of there's not going to be a time that he's not with us. But Jesus emphasized that we are going to know his presence, particularly as we are committed to his purpose. I want to submit to you that when it is, it is not wise to separate the revelation of His presence from His purpose. When we are going for God and we are saying, God, I know you've called me as a teacher to this school to bring your kingdom to the school, that children would get to know you. God, may children get to know you in my class every day. A teacher that is there with a sense of, I'm here to help people to follow Jesus. Folks, you will know God's presence in moments like that. You're going to know He's leading, He's guiding. When you're talking to a pupil in your class and, and, and they are asking questions and they're battling at home and you're just sensing the leading of the Lord to ask a strategic question or to just bring some life to that hopeless child in a hopeless situation. Folks, He's with you to enable you to fulfill His purpose. Let's not separate the two. Again, why do we want to make these choices and say, I only want this, I only want purpose, I only want presence. I only... Oh, guys, we get it all. Amen? But Jesus promised His presence in the light of the Great Commission to go and make disciples. And I thought, I was actually surprised by this. I, the Holy Spirit tricked me. I thought, okay, there's one verse. Okay, that's a, that's a good. And the Lord gave me three other verses. It's all Jesus speaking where He... He again is connecting His presence and His purpose and just putting them together. It's like Jesus gluing them together and saying, don't separate them, guys. They're meant to go together. Amen. Next verse. Jesus, this is where He appears to them in the upper room after His resurrection. And Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. That literally means in the same way, in the same way the the Father sent me, I am sending you. Folks, there's a commissioning. That is the great commission in, other, in, in, in a different way of saying In the same way. And then he says, and with that he breathed on them and said, receive. For your life, whether it is to be a teacher for God in a classroom or to go plant a church in Timbuktu. You cannot do the mission without Holy Spirit. Don't do it. Whatever metron God has called you to, for now your metron may be the classroom as a, as, as a student. You may be in the marketplace. I don't care your metron. Don't go there without Holy Spirit. Amen? Jesus is bringing the two together. Look at the next scripture. 
It says in Acts 1 verse 8, Jesus said, you will receive power when Holy Spirit comes upon you. Here he's mentioning power first. But here is the purpose. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, the call of God to go to the nations. Amen. But it's pre, pre, he first says, you need the power. The power to be my witnesses. And then look at this next scripture. It just, Jesus, you're so good. And this is all Jesus' words in Luke. This is the last bit of Luke. This is how Luke basically gives the, the, the great commission. He says, repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations. There we go, all the nations. Beginning at Jerusalem, you are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. There's the great commission to go to be witnesses to the nations. But he says, wait for Holy Spirit. Amen. Wait for Holy Spirit. God wants to empower you in, 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 in our mission. Amen. Okay. There we go. Now, ways we know that God is with us on the next slide. How do we know that God is with us? First and foremostly, I put the scriptures up there. Because the Bible says so. And I want to share my journey. Knowing God's presence, and, and Cousin Stella shared their story, and, and there's, there's similarities. I was also in a traditional church similar to what Cass mentioned last week. I knew God was with me simply because the Bible said so. And I believed the Bible. And I was okay in that time of my life. I was okay. I believed the Bible. I knew God was with me. And I never doubted it. I was like, God is with me, okay? But let's go on. I'll, and uh, this scripture, just click, let's go on, Sid. When I say go on, that's us. Okay. This verse, this verse, folks, is the verse that did it for me. I don't know what verse. There are so many verses where God promises he will be with us. This verse, in Hebrews 13, verse 5, he says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. This is the, the, the right of Hebrews. Many believe it, it is the Apostle Paul who wrote this book. He's quoting from Joshua 1 verse 5, where, where, where God is commissioning Joshua to go into the promised land. And he says, and he's literally quoting, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But before this, he says, I will be with you in the same way I was with Moses. What an encouragement. He's got to lead a million people to fight all kinds of uh, enemies, etc. And he says, I will be with you. Remember my story I shared about when I used to go with my dad and my brother at six years old to do security duty at school. The difference that happened knowing my dad was with us and when he hid. It's like from bold confidence to panic.
you ready, love? I'll give you a moment now. Okay? That same thing. This is what the Amplified Bible says. For he, God himself, has said, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not, in any degree, leave you helpless, nor forsake you, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you. Assuredly not. Woo! Are you still strapped in? Did your safety belt break in that ride? Okay? Woo! Guys, this is so powerful. Now, one, I mean, I think it's one of the reasons I married my wife, because I memorized the scripture, you know, in the traditional, you know, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Woo! I got the scripture down. And then my wife comes with the amplified version. I'm like, oh God, save me. May I go to the heaven that that woman goes to one day? Will I get into the, that heaven, you know? There's heaven that, oh, yeah. Anyway, okay, guys, I'm just being funny, okay? Last night... I said to Jenny, I said, Hebrews 13 verse 5. Can you remember it? And folks, it's been many years that I've heard her actually saying it. She could still remember, I would say probably 80% of this verse. Okay? I was going to, I was, I said to Jen, can I impress the world with your brilliance? Won't you come up and say it? She pleaded with me not to. Okay? But privately you can ask and she'll probably give it to you. Pretty good. Okay. There we go. Folks, this is a verse, and, and just sit, go to the next. This follows on, because he says, because of this, because, and, oh, whoa, 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 just go back, sorry, Sid, I'm, I'm messing you around. I know, my man, you, I'm not, this, is, this is a bad hair day for you. Okay, he says, yeah, you know why the Amplified says, I will not, I will not, I will not? I went to research it, because in, in, in the original language, it is actually a triple negative. Now, that form of speech we don't have in the English language. So that's why the Amplified says three times, I will not, I will not, I will not. You think the guy is stuttering. He's not stuttering. This is original, in original intent. This is how God is talking. I will not, I will not, I will not. And it goes on to say because of this, because of this firm conviction that God is with you and he will never, ever, 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 ever leave you. This is what he says. Look what it says in verse 6. There we go, Sid. You got it for me. Hit us. Okay, there we go. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, my wife can recite this to you, by the way, as well. Okay, the Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. By the way, have you heard the word helper? Have you got this idea that God's your helper somewhere before? Have you heard anybody mention the helper thing? Okay, there we go. The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man? do to me? What can man do to me? Now, folks, I read this and I was like, this is a declaration waiting to happen. Did you also feel like your safety belt was wanting to break loose as you wanted to stand up? Some kid is nodding ahead. You just wanted to get up and you wanted to declare this. I could tell. I could tell. Please undo your safety belts, folks. Go back to the next slide. Said, we're going to declare this. I want us to stand and folks, there's power in speaking the word and hearing the word on your own mouth. Okay, I'm not trying to be funny here. We believe in the power of declaration. We just did it around our offering. This is a declaration, okay? The, the, the summary is we're not going to do the ESV version because it just doesn't have the oomph, okay? We're going to do the amplified, okay? So we're going to do it uh, from four he on three. Okay, one, two, three. Three. For he, God himself, has said, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, 
nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down. Relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Verse 6. So we take comfort and are encouraged and confidently and boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not be seized with alarm. I will not fear or dread or be terrified. What can man do to me? Can we give the Lord a hand? Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Amen. You may be seated, okay? Uh, you can, you know, for the rest of the journey, folks, as long as there's no turbulence, you can leave your safety belts off. But if you see the light go on, please fasten your safety belts, okay? <laughs> there we go. I've always wanted to say that. There we go. Okay. Okay. Maybe I could. Uh, no, maybe not. Okay. How we know that God is with us on the next slide. Firstly, it is because of Scripture, okay? But then I want to put up these four words, knowing hearing, seeing, and feeling. Now, when we had soaking two weeks ago, I shared this. When we teach on the prophetic, how to hear God's voice, that course that we did, we did in March last year, one of the chapters in that little booklet and that course that we do is the ways, how do you receive a prophetic word? Now, we're teaching people to flow in the prophetic and activating to hear God and flow in the prophetic. And we use these four words, knowing, hearing, seeing, and feeling. Now, most people would think, well, if you've got to speak a prophetic word, you've got to hear it, okay? And we unpack this, and I haven't got time, it's a whole lesson in itself, know these areas of knowing, hearing, seeing, feeling. I'm going to approach it from a different angle. I want to share with you my journey in discovering, knowing that God is with us, knowing God's presence, in these areas, okay? Firstly, I knew it from Scripture, okay? This verse, Hebrews 13, verse 5, it is my verse, but I'm going to allow you to use it, okay? Privately, okay, you can just put, no, you don't have to put my name there. Put the correct address, Hebrews 13, verse 5, okay? But Scripture, we've done that. Flowing out of Scripture, there is a knowing that God is with us, that many believers they can't say it's a feeling. They can't say that they've necessarily heard the Spirit of God confirming that He's with us. They didn't see something like a prophetic picture that knew it. There's just a deep knowing. Folks, I believe that that is so foundational. It may be from Scripture that there's knowing. It, that knowing may be because you have heard something from God in the past or you felt or seen. But that knowing, I believe, is the bedrock where we, we, where we live from tomorrow morning. When you get that call from somebody who's really cranky and just wants to give you what for, there's a knowing, God, you're with me. You're going to give me wisdom to deal with this situation, deal with this person, whatever. There's a knowing that... It doesn't matter where it comes from, but that is bedrock. And I believe that is just plain old simple faith. That you just know God is with me. He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. He's with me forever. Whether I feel Him, whether I get a vision, whether I hear something, He's with me. That is the bedrock. Now, the last one I've got there is feeling. And I, and I got that for a reason. I put it in the order of me and my journey knowing God is with me. Firstly, Scripture. 
based on scripture for me, it was just a knowing God is with me. Then when I first went to his people, a charismatic church 33 years ago, when I was a second year student, I saw people, for example, bringing prophetic words. My traditional church I went to, nobody ever prophesied. I don't know if they could, or if they, I don't know what they believed about prophecy. I just never saw it. And people would go to the front, and just like One came up here during worship, and just like Seizwe shared during worship over here, said, I, I sense that the Lord is saying this. I had never heard people boldly and confidently speaking. But when people spoke like that, I was like, oh my goodness, God is here. God is in the house. God is speaking to people. I was aware of God's presence because I, other people were hearing. And then as I learned about the prophetic and activated in the prayer, I started hearing. And folks, there are times in my life that how do I know God is with me? Because I just sense the still small voice saying, I am with you. I am with you. How do I know He's with me? It's not a deep knowing. It's not a scripture God's bringing, maybe giving. It's just, I'm hearing the assurance, I am with you. It's beautiful. Seeing, there are prophetic visions God has given me. And there are times that I know God is with me because very often He'll bring to remembrance a vision of something He's shown me in the past. And it is as, when I close my eyes, it's real as I look at you with my physical eyes, but God is writing on my internal TV screen, on my spirit, and I know this is God. The feeling one is the one that I didn't know was possible. And let me tell you, because of my background, I didn't know it was legitimate. It was allowed. I wasn't sure if this was just the flesh and the Spirit of God could actually possibly work in their feeling. God has done a big work in my life. I totally get that God can be in control of my whole being. My mind, my will, my emotions, my body. He's in control of it all. And sometimes I feel His presence. Not all the time, but a lot of the time. Now let me tell you this. Not everybody experiences God like that all of the time. And not everybody knows God's presence like that. For some people, will will experience all of, of those areas. And that's okay. I don't care how you know that God is with you. As long as you know that He's with you. Does it matter that we are going to emphasize that, listen, we're going to create a community where particularly say, you've got to hear God saying, God is with you. And this is, folks, but what about all the people that aren't good at hearing? But they may feel or they may see or they may just know. Is it possible to create a community where we celebrate all of that? Because, really, let me say feeling. I often feel the presence of God. If I close my eyes and I focus on the Lord, I feel His presence in my physical body. If you spend time with me one-on-one, I'll, I'll endeavor to tell you what it's like. I don't, I'm reluctant to tell you exactly what it feels like because then everybody's going to run after my experience and want to have an experience just like me. I believe the important question is, God, how are you coming to me? How do you want to reveal yourself to me? And it's very often different to how he's dealing with the pastor. This week was Wednesday morning, and I did a scientific, a scientific experiment. I was thinking about this and meditating on this and thinking about my journey. 
And it was really about, no, 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 sorry, my man, we're not finished on that screen, just go back. This feeling. When I went to, to Bethel Church, there were moments in the past, but feeling was particularly unlocked for me after going there and being in a community where feeling God's presence is okay. I thought if you felt, it's probably of the devil. I didn't know it was a God zone. Wednesday morning, I was just thinking about my journey, and I, I was just, as I was waking up, I was just focusing on the Lord, and I could really feel the Lord's presence. I'll tell you something, and I'm not trying to be, often when I feel the Lord's presence, my physical body can, can move. Like that, that movement there, I'm, it's, it's, it's involuntary. It is my physical body responding to feeling the Lord's presence. I'm okay. I recognize God. I do not want you to stumble because the pastor felt this way and you want to feel that same way. Please, there's a multiple ways you can experience God's presence. I went to Jen. It was Wednesday morning. It was early. She was cooking porridge. We were getting ready to take the kids to school. I came to Jen. She was stirring the porridge. I said, Jen, do you you feel God's presence? She was surprised. She said, you mean now while I'm stirring the porridge? <laughs> I, I said, and, and, I, and I don't know why, I mean, we've been married for nearly 20, oh, 28 years, I don't know, I lose track, long time. <laughs> and I said, Jen, if you just focus on the Lord, do you feel His presence? She put the spoon down, the wooden spoon down, she stood away, She focused on the Lord and she said, I know he's near. I know he's near. Folks, those are beautiful words. Jenny didn't know I was thinking about this. She didn't know I was going to do a PowerPoint with the word no on there. Her exact words were, I know he's near. She didn't feel she knows. And that is okay. And that is beautiful. And it's okay that every now and then I get a, a drink because I'm feeling God's presence. And I'm not weird, and I'm not trying to show off. It's God. Amen? I don't care how you know God's presence, but it is your inheritance. This is an invitation to encounter God in ways that you maybe haven't before. Are we okay with that? On the next slide, I, I put this up. And I just wrote down ways, and I wrote, and spaces. Because I, I don't know how to describe it. Knowing God's presence is, it is mystical. But it's also such a reality for so many people. I was listening to Bill Johnson, uh, one of his, he was interviewed recently. And he said, he spoke about healing. How many more people in the world in the last 10 years are experiencing miracles on a consistent basis than 10 years ago? Folks, it's, it's so exciting. It's such an exciting time to be alive. But he, he shared about how many more people are knowing his presence. Now, he didn't unpack how they know it, but I know the reality that you can feel his presence was not something I even knew was possible. I literally thought that that was maybe in the zone of the flesh only, and we don't do flesh, amen, because we're good Christians. So many more Christians know his presence today than 10 years ago. I wrote over there, and I put the places and spaces, because I just, I know spaces isn't a good word, okay? But it's just, these are places that, consistently 
come to encounter God's presence. Worship, folks. You know, the worship leader in Joburg, I was chatting to a Belinda, and they, for their worship ministry, have come up with a little logo. And the logo is of an elephant. And you say, weird. Elephant what? Do you want to sing like an elephant? Do you want to trumpet like an elephant? I don't like the sound of an elephant. I don't get it. It was a prophetic symbol, folks. She explained it to me like this. She said, if you do research, the matriarch of, of, of a herd of elephants, one of their responsibilities is make sure the herd gets water. And the matriarch, if they find a puddle or a pool of water, will use her feet to actually make the puddle bigger, to dig a well. Elephants dig wells of water. Water is a symbol of His presence. To dig a well of His presence is something that a worship team is meant to do. How many of you experience God's presence in worship? Worship team, well done. Well done. Worship is a well where we get to encounter His presence. Healing and miracles. Folks, if God touches your physical body and heals you and pain goes, you experience a miracle. You have experienced His presence. Praying in tongues. For me, often, I will just, wherever I'm driving, I'm whatever, I will start praying in tongues and I just sense His presence. Remembering. So often God will remember, bring to remembrance maybe a scripture, maybe a vision, maybe an encounter I've had with God in the past. And as I think about that encounter, God says to me, I'm going to do it again. And, I, and, and, and He does it again in my life. We're two or more gathered in my place. We're two or more gathered, sorry. We're two or more gathered in my name, Jesus said. I will be there. Folks, corporate anointing, gathering together. Folks, we experience God's presence, the multiplying effect of worship and gathering together. He is there. He's like, whoa, I can't stay away. Don't keep me out. I'm coming. Amen. The corporate gathering, worship services, church meeting together. We experience His presence. Impartation. When I went to Bethel, people laid hands on me and I encountered God's presence in ways I hadn't encountered before. Amen. The laying on of hands, so powerful. Walt and I were talking about it this morning. Prophecy. When I was, first went to his people 33 years ago and I heard people sharing prophetic words, I was like, God is in the house. Oh my goodness, God is here. I've encountered God's presence through prophecy. Prayer. Folks, so often when I'm praying with people, it's like, whew, not just praying in tongues, praying with the understanding, as Scripture says, wow, God is here. Experiencing God's peace is an undeniable sign that God is with you. The peace that passes understanding, God is with you. Joy. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. I so often experience it. When it's, a, it's a response of my spirit that I literally feel bubbles of joy coming out and it comes out in laughter. Joy is, is, is a place that we can experience His presence and weeping. Last week, Stella was sharing, and Jenny's also had these testimonies. Jenny went through a period of about three months. Whenever she felt God's presence in worship, she would just start crying, and she didn't know why. Same story as Stella. Just coming to God's presence. Times of revival gone past was one of the main 
ways that people encounter God's presence, they would just start weeping. It is all legal. It's all your inheritance. What part of this good God? You know, Jesus said about the Father, he's, he, he's got good gifts for you. Folks, this is an invitation. This is an invitation. Let's go on. We're going we're gonna to land it now. Let's go on. Sid, when I say let's go on, that's your sign, my man. Four important areas he helps us. Knowing God, knowing His will, knowing He's with us, knowing our family. His person, His purpose, His presence, knowing His people. Can we just stand as we close in prayer? God, I want to thank you, Jesus, for that incredible prayer. You said, I will ask the Father, and he will send another helper, Paracletos, to be with you forever. God, thank you for that prayer, but more importantly, thank you for answering that prayer. You are with us forever. Thank you, Lord. I pray for every single person here, Lord. That walking in the reality of knowing you are with us forever would be their reality, Lord. There's not a moment in time that that reality isn't theirs. Holy Spirit, would you reveal God to us? Would you ignite your purposes for our lives, for our church? Lord, may we walk in your purpose in the power of the Holy Spirit, in the power of your presence, in the power of your anointing, Lord. May we fulfill every good promise you've given to us, Lord. And Lord, thank you that you don't call us to walk alone, Lord. May we walk in covenant, in pure, holy, honoring relationships with one another as we walk with you in this forever journey of you being with us. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. I want to just say, if you need prayer in anything, if anything stirred in you that was ministered, just come to the front and uh, we'll pray for you. But God bless you. May you go with the reality of His presence with you. Amen. God bless you, folks. Thank you, thank you.